Rusty Quill presents. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Wake of Corrosion. Season 3, Episode 2, and What Remains Beyond. This is a pre-recorded message from Professor Ryan Bunker A12. This is a public broadcast to any survivors out there. Over the last few months, I have been sharing with you the story of two brothers who found themselves plunged into a world of nightmares. Our world. Right now, I too... I'm in that world and I endeavour to find answers in the wreckage. To discover a way forward. A way home. As always, I advise listener discretion going forward. <sighs> okay. <laughs> okay. I thought I was ready for this. Um, this is Jess. Jess Krause. Bunker A12. I'm broadcasting this on behalf of Professor Ryan. Following everything that's happened, he chose, much to our dismay, to leave A12. Things... things aren't easy here, and that gap in the wall is... 
Well, it's terrifying, I'll be honest. But not grown or changed in the past week. And the engineers have further sealed the area now, so no one can go there, even if they wanted to. Unless they're an engineer, of course. Although, well, sadly, there are those who still want to. Professor Ryan has asked me to share his broadcasts, whether that's live or a recording by his, um, complicated setup here. I'll do the best I can to bring you them as soon as they come in. Things here are getting better, but it's still tough. Here's what I have from him so far. It's a recorded one. Um, ah, there he is. Okay. This is Professor Ryan. Come in. Over. This is Professor Ryan. Come in. Over. I guess this is going to happen a lot. I'm going to assume my setup is recording this and Jess can play it back later. For those of you living inside a bunker, I know life is not easy. But there's a real sense of dread that comes with being out here for the first time in many months. The vast expanse of space alone is almost overwhelming. The furthest distance I was able to see before was the end of a corridor, but out here, Jesus... I've just forgotten how much there is, how far you can see. I saw the horizon for the first time earlier today, and for a moment I got a feeling like what I can only imagine vertigo must feel like. My head began to spin, and I felt disconnected from my legs and feet. I'm getting more used to it now, but it's certainly something to note. The effects of months inside a bunker just one of many, I'm sure. We're getting into winter now, and it's bitterly cold. The forest floor between the bunker and the road was littered with frozen leaves. Remembering the first transmission I heard from Claire when she herself left the bunker, I was careful. Crunching leaves underfoot made that all the more difficult, but I believe I made it through undetected. I can only hope, I suppose. The sun is setting already. It's around 5pm now. I forgot what this feels like. The sun fading and the air growing colder. I'm hoping for a clear night so I can finally see the wondrous sky that Elliot mentioned so frequently. It's not looking awfully hopeful, though, given the blanket of clouds currently looming over me. I have seen the signs of sporadic degradation, however. From what I can tell, it is indeed how they and Claire described it. Specific areas are degraded, worn, distressed, metal has rusted, wood rotted, rock crumbling, and yet, of the two times I've encountered it so far, both have ended so abruptly. Like a drink spilled on the floor, the liquid gathers together and spreads out before inevitably losing momentum and forming a pool with a definitive edge. I don't quite know what to make of it. The first I spotted was much larger than the last, so unless I encounter more and notice a trend, I can only assume so far they're not consistent in size. Could it perhaps be the effect of these rips, tears, that we've been hearing of and unfortunately encountered in our very own A12? I have to look into it more as I travel. For now, I'm going to settle down for the night and keep warm best I can. A fire is needed for the moment, so I shouldn't draw any unwanted attention. I hope you're safe and well within A12, Jess, and to the survivors out of there here. We'll get through this together. Ryan out. You know... I'd never really thought about the effects of living in a bunker like that before. I'm sure it wouldn't last too long, but I can't say I'm looking forward to it. It's around 8pm now, so I'd better leave Ryan to rest. 
I can't imagine how overwhelming it must be out there. Jess, Jess, don't forget. Yeah, yeah, I know. Before I go, um, listeners, the lead engineer of A12, George, he's here with me. He wanted to share some of his thoughts about the crack in the wall here and perhaps shed some light on the dangers of them for others. George? Uh, yeah, thank you, Jess. It, um, it feels strange seeing you sat there when Ryan spent so many months broadcasting from that very seat. I still can't quite believe he's left. I know. It feels wrong. But someone's got to do it, right? I'm not wrong there. I hope he's doing okay. We might have our differences, but anyway, survivors, I, I suppose, as Jess has already said, I wanted to share with you my thoughts and concerns regarding the void site in one of our corridors here. We've since further sealed the area. As I'm aware, Ryan told you we, well, we lost many people to that thing. God knows what prompted them to even approach it, let alone step inside, but it happened and well, we missed them dearly. All we can do now is look to the future, protect our remaining residents and learn what we can. I'm just going to recap what we already know before diving into any new information we've discovered regarding the void site. Currently it stands at about five meters wide and from what we can tell reaches no further than the floor and ceiling of the corridor. Although we unfortunately have no way to tell that this particular corridor has nothing but earth directly above or below the site. In a way, I'm quite thankful for this. Most of the rooms here have ventilation that runs throughout the bunker. This corridor, however, is one of the few places that doesn't. Due to some faulty systems that were never replaced, we'd have a very hard time isolating the ventilation in a specific section of the bunker. From what we can tell, no spores have escaped that corridor, even when people chose to enter it. It seems as though... Well, if what happened to Frankie is anything to go off, they seem to be drawn to us, to people, given that we fully decontaminated before leaving, and the only others to have gone in there, well, haven't come out. I think it's safe to say the bunker has avoided any risk of contamination. I would like to discuss these spores in more detail, though. From reviewing the footage captured by our breach suits, it's clear that one of them did indeed follow Frankie. If you heard the broadcast, you might recall that it ended up on Frankie's gauntlet before being removed. They're peculiar, these spores. If I had to say what they most closely resemble, it would be dandelion tufts. But instead of a bare stem with the seed at the bottom, the stem instead is covered with bristles, tendrils perhaps, that move in such an odd way, like... Like a sea anemone, I suppose? The footage isn't the highest quality, so I'm sorry for my vagueness. It's clear, though, that these bristles move as though the thing is absently alive, if that makes sense. Whilst it clearly moves and can detect itself, it seems almost to lack purpose, lack direction. As though meandering, drifting. I'll be honest, the footage has become a little unsettling the more I've studied it. It's very possible that these spores are, in fact, well, creatures. I'm almost certain of it. I just hope they're harmless. Nothing suggests otherwise at the moment, and I just pray it stays that way. Me too. 
I didn't realize they were alive, George. I just thought... I just thought they were... You know, I don't think I've ever really thought about it. I'm glad Brian and I weren't in there for long when it first opened. Although, I'll be honest, it still worries me from time to time. I know, Jess. But we took every precaution and the doctor gave you the all clear. Yeah, I suppose. There's also the matter of the void site itself. No matter how much I review the footage, I still can't make anything out but complete darkness at the very centre of the crack in the wall. Despite our high-powered torches being pointed directly at it, it's as though the thing is absorbing our light completely, unnaturally so. As it reaches out toward the edges, the pitch black fades to grey and right on the rim it appears almost orange in colour, a, a deep sort of rust orange. Upon further inspection, I notice that although the edges of it are not exactly equal, they are almost perfectly straight. It's, it's hard to explain, and I'll be honest, it took me longer to notice than it should have done. You see, I believe the breach itself is actually slightly inside the wall, by a few centimetres in fact. So when you first look at it, it appears as though it is the shape of the crack in the wall, but when I reviewed the footage further, I noticed that within the crack itself were these perfectly straight, rust-orange edges that stretch the height of the wall. Of course, there's also the audio side of things. I'm still trying to clear up that sound as much as possible. I really want to get that audio balanced before I speculate any more about it. I'd rather not give anyone the wrong idea. It's certainly unsettling, though. I'm torn, Jess. You... You want to go back in, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You know me too well. Curiosity killed the cat, I suppose. Don't be that cat, George. It's not worth it. But no, George. Not you. Not anyone. Oh, wait. George, look. This is Professor Ryan. Come in. Over. Read you loud and clear, Ryan. Oh, it's nice to hear your voice. How's everything going? What, out here in the wasteland? Oh, A1. Yeah, on the ball. Sorry. Sorry, I shouldn't joke. It's just, it's so damn harsh out here. I, I try to find joy wherever I can. Uh, already that bad? I'm, I'm so sorry. Ah, don't be, Jess. I'm, I'm the fool who chose this. You're not a fool, Ryan. You're trying to help us. We'll see, Jess, we'll see. Speaking of fools, George, don't even entertain going near that void site. I heard what you were saying and you'd be mad to go near it, so just leave it be. For now, at least. Now, listen. Everything else aside, I ought to explain to you what's happening right now. It might... Well, it might affect some future communications. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I've been following the path I believe Claire took to Radford. I figured if I'm going to have any hope of finding further evidence, and more importantly Claire, then I'd better head to the observatory. However... I've encountered others along the way, and it has waylaid my journey slightly. For the most part, I've avoided contact with others as much as possible, but it appears as though I found some friendly souls amongst the ashes of England. Here, let me play the encounter for you. Okay, it's recording now. Are you sure you don't mind? Are you kidding me? Ryan, you're the first person we've encountered in months who hasn't meant us harm. I mean, it practically feels like we know you. 
I'm good with this so long as we don't talk about where we are. Uh, yeah, you mentioned you'd heard my broadcast. Why haven't you headed A12? Surely you could manage a couple of days travel together. Honestly, Ryan, I'm not even sure how you made it here. No disrespect. It's just how the hell did you not get caught? Caught? Sorry, I'm afraid I don't follow. Caught by who or by what? Those people with the ashes spread across their face and the torn clothing. The ones who've... They've embraced it all, haven't they? Let's not beat around the bush, Lauren. The horrors, the destruction, the cruelty, desperation, all this shit. They've made it their life. Their goal, in fact. And they're everywhere out there. They just walk the streets so confidently knowing they're practically untouchable. I believe I know who you mean, but what makes them untouchable? I know that perhaps they, for lack of a better word, worship the creatures, but what about the general ruin of the place and those rifts? Surely that still affects them? How can it? How can it affect them when they want it? Do you remember all when we first found this place that first night? The woman in the crumbling building. I do, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, so... It was the first night we got here. Um, well, to be honest, we never really planned on staying. But it turned out that someone had been stockpiling pretty hard. And it was all untouched, so, well, how could we not? Well, that night, we were looking out the window on the second floor, just to get an eye of our surroundings. It wasn't quite fully dark, although it was certainly getting hard to see. I mean, we even thought she was a shadow at first, didn't we, Lauren? I was getting to that bit all. But, yeah, we did. Have you... Oh, have you seen the shadows, Ryan? I've not seen them myself. Not yet, but I, I know of them. As I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. Elliot and Roman got a real blast from them in A7, didn't they? Oh, I hated that bit. It made me feel so sad for all those people. Oh, oh sorry, where was I? Um, the dark, yeah. So it was getting dark, but we could see well enough. And there was this woman. As soon as we sussed out that she wasn't a shadow, it was pretty clear that she was one of them, one of the followers of this chaos. I keep wanting to call them cultists, you know. I feel like... With this a game, that's what they'd be. Cultists. I mean, they do essentially worship those creatures, right? So why not? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm inclined to agree, Lauren. See? <laughs> well, anyway, she, the cultist, was dressed in dark rags. She had markings all over her body in some sort of ash-like dust. Like most of them, she had her top half exposed and some sort of combat trousers or something similar on her legs anyway. So, she's wandering about the streets, looking, well, looking kind of drunk, if I'm honest. You know when you'd be out at 3am and you'd see the people that had the really best time staggering home, clearly trying the hardest to stay on the pavement but just failing miserably. Well, that was her. Except, she wasn't drunk. Not at all. And if she was, she sobered up in an instant. The way she was staggering, tilting her head from 
side to side. It was almost as though she was listening to something for something. The next thing we know, she stood completely straight, completely still, head locked towards a brick wall. And she just stands there and stares for a good minute or so. Then, well, you saw the next bit, didn't you all? With her fingers? Yeah. She had her hand down by her side and I, I could just about make out her hand resting against her trousers. I don't know why it caught my eye, but it did. She was counting down, tapping her legs each time that she tucked her finger away into her fist. When she got to zero, she bolted at the wall. I'm talking head first, no holds barred, tanking it at the wall. I almost looked away. I didn't want to see how badly it would end. I'm glad I didn't now though, because just as she's about to hit the wall, and we're talking milliseconds, there's this almighty cracking sound and the wall just crumbles away to reveal this completely black void. Like, um, uh, like when you look at a computer monitor that's been switched off and it's just this abyss of darkness. And she fucking disappears, doesn't she? Straight through it. And in the wake of her darting through, the building crumbles and begins to collapse. Not, not the whole thing, but the floor above and the surrounding wall all fall into this void and soon you just can't see it at all. But what's weird is that it was like a bubble had burst, you know? How can I describe it? Imagine, imagine the void that opened up was a bubble of black ink. The rubble falls into it, piling through the thing, and it just can't hold anymore, so it bursts. This black ink turns an orangey rust colour as it spreads through the surrounding area, and all these plants shoot up from between the newly formed cracks in the concrete. The bricks start crumbling and the paint peels, and within a few minutes there's a good... 15, 20 foot area of that wall that's just completely overgrown and worn away. If you stay the night, you'll be able to see it in the morning. We'll show you. Mm. Are, are you staying the night? Well, I... Yes, I suppose. If you don't mind... Sorry, I'm just... I didn't expect you to have something like that to share. I'm, I'm intrigued by you suggesting that the rift burst. Oh, rifts. That's what you call them. I remember now, yeah, it was bizarre. We always wondered if the same would happen to the ones the brothers encountered. But it always seemed like they avoided them. I mean, I don't blame them. You know what always struck me as weird, though? Other than that one lunatic in the supermarket, mm -hmm. Elliot and Roman never actually encountered any cultists. Like at all. Perhaps it was just too early on in the aftermath. I can't really remember when they started cropping up, to be fair. Yeah, same actually. Although, I think it was pretty soon afterwards. Who knows, it, it does seem odd though. You're right. However, we do know that they seem not even be in this world. Not how we know it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still not sure I understand that bit, Ryan. Me either, Lauren. Me either. That was last night. I've since moved on. I didn't want my presence drawing any more attention to those two kind-hearted survivors. I'm hoping they'll make their way to A12, but I'm reluctant to share any more information about them, so I'll leave it at that. Damn it, Ryan. 
it would have been beneficial for us to ask them some more questions about the rift they'd seen. You know, how did it burst? Perhaps we could do the same to ours. No, no, George, trust me. I considered that. What they said is all they knew. And who's to say that the rift bursting doesn't have a much worse effect? We wouldn't want that pool of darkness they described spreading further into our home now, would we? suppose you're right. It's just... Well, it's just so hard living here knowing what's in one of the corridors. I know, I know, but it's... It's largely inert for now. But we will find answers. So, where are you now, Ryan? I'm still on the road, Jess. I, uh... Well, I think I'm being followed. In fact, I know I'm being followed. Oh, God. By who? I, I don't know yet. I, I've only caught a glimpse of them. I'm just really hoping it's not one of those deranged people Lauren and Oliver were talking about. I'm going to come off the radio now, if that's all right with you. I'd like to put a bit more of my focus into keeping an eye on them or losing them completely, if I can. If I find out any more, I'll, I'll let you know. Ryan, be careful. Please. <laughs> so this is how Claire must have felt. I will, Jess, I will. Ryan out. Uh, is that... Did I do that right? Ah, yeah, okay. I did. This worries me. I know it's supposed to be a good thing that he's already encountered a few people, but... Well, I've got to be honest. I'm afraid for him. Me too, Jess. Me too. But he's a smart man. He'll know what to look out for. I really do hope so, George. It's interesting to me what what those survivors said about that rift. It seemed as though the person who went through was waiting for it. Counting down to it, perhaps. Does this suggest that they're predictable? Scheduled, even? God, I hate this endless speculation. I hope that Ryan can discover something meaningful for us. Perhaps this person who's following him knows more. But perhaps the person following him wants to hurt him. Ah, shall we leave it there? I think Ryan's new setup uses a bit more power than expected. I'll play his pre-recorded sign-off message. My friends, thank you for tuning in to the broadcast from A12. I hope you're somewhere safe and warm, and remember, as always, don't wander in the dark. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more news and updates, follow us on social media at Wake of Corrosion. You can also support the show via our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash wake of corrosion. Joining at any tier will get you access to all future episodes one week early. Thank you so much to our generous Patreon subscribers who have helped me to continue making and improving the show. Indicay, Laurel, Austin, Nath, Paul, Trace, AJ Punkin, Twiglets, Martina, Finney, Grumpy Coy, Maddie, Cold K, PJ, Return to Sender, and MJ Van Steenberg. Thank you all so much. Wake of Corrosion was written, directed, and produced by Sean Pellington, and is part of the Rusty Quill Network, with voice acting from Kieran Walsh as Professor Ryan, Adele Cliff as Jess, Nath Barber as Oz, Sarah Turner as Lauren. Intro theme, Phantasm, an outro theme, Shadowlands 5 Antichamber, were created by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com 
Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. Both pieces are reduced from their originals with fade-out effects, character voiceover, and radiostatic effects. Morse code SFX from morsecode.world, courtesy of Stephen C. Phillips. Full credits and transcripts can be found at wakeofcorrosion.com. Thank you for listening, and remember, don't wander in the dark.